Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. Now a second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Revelation, selected verses from chapters 21 and 22. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. And in the Spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. People will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations, but nothing unclean will enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found there anymore, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, And his servants will worship him, they will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've never driven past an old church without wanting to go inside it. Is that true for you too? As a seminary student, I often had the opportunity to go out to rural churches to preach. Their standards weren't very high, so they kindly invited me to go out and struggle through leading a worship service as I learned what being a preacher is all about. I remember uh, going to a little country church called Friendship Presbyterian Church way south of the airport. They had About a dozen members, all faithful and kind. One told me how her husband was a Gideon and had dedicated so much of his time to making Scripture available to all those who who did not have a Bible in the home. Another was the man who lived across the street from the church. It was his job to walk across the street and to unlock all the buildings every Sunday morning. He also was the first one there that I met, and he handed me a copy of the bulletin. The first time I I preached there, I looked through the worship bulletin, saw the place where I'd give the sermon, asked about how the offering was given out, all those kinds of details, and I noticed that there would be a choir anthem. However, the choir had hadn't shown up to rehearse just yet. 
That was okay. It was still early on Sunday morning. So I walked around the church's old graveyard. I reviewed my sermon notes. Then when it was time to get the service started, I sat in the the big preacher chair up in the front of the sanctuary. But I noticed that there was still no choir in the choir loft. Without them, I went on with the service, with the call to worship and the the prayer of confession, though the, the closer we got to the choir anthem, the more nervous I got. Well, we got to the, the choir anthem, and when we got to the choir anthem, the congregation in the pews stood up, went to the choir loft, sang the choir anthem, and when it was over, they went back to the pews and sat back down. Can you imagine if we did it that way? Today, how it would feel, the, the barrier between the, the choir loft and the congregation is reassuring to a lot of people. It feels like a healthy boundary. So long as you're not on that side of the, the wall that divides the choir loft from the congregation, you know that you can get by mumbling through the hymns. If you sit out here, you don't know how to read music. It's going to be okay. However, the people on the other side of that wall, they can really sing. They can. In fact, sitting so close to them for so long has given me a false sense of my own singing ability. Uh, Someone once told me that the best thing about being a pastor is that you never have to sit with your kids during a church service. Pastors have no idea what it's like to keep a child quiet during a church service. However, our children might say that the best part of being a pastor's kid is you don't have to sing next to your dad next to uh, during a church service. Our children would say that. I always embarrass them when I go out there and sing next to them. Dad, why are you singing so loud. We don't sing that loud out here in the congregation, they say. Well, I've grown so used to singing up here close to the choir that no matter how, long, how loud I sing, I, can't, I can only just barely hear my own singing voice. I mostly hear theirs. And so the volume of my, on my self-awareness has gone down and my singing voice, the volume on my singing voice has just gotten louder and louder when I get out there with you in the congregation. I, I do it all wrong. I sing out in the congregation the way the choir sings behind the, the wall. I just don't do it quite as well as they do. Still... We all must get ready to sing as though we were in the the choir, for in heaven there will be no wall that divides the choir loft from the congregation. There will be no wall dividing the choir loft and the congregation. There will be no wall between what we do in here in the great hall or the world either. When we're up in heaven... Some say that we all will be issued a harp and wings and we will sit up in the clouds and sing hymns to the glory of God day and night. That's how Aunt Becky said it would be in Mark Twain's novel, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. 
If you can remember reading that book, then, then you might remember that when Tom Sawyer heard that's how heaven would be, he decided right then that he would rather not go there. Do you remember how he said that? He, he decided upon hearing about all the singing required up in heaven that he would rather go to the other place where at least he would be able to, to play with his friend Huckleberry Finn, whom everyone said was also not good enough to get into heaven. In this scripture lesson from the book of Revelation, I, I call you to remember that we have no jurisdiction over who will go, who will get into heaven, and who will Will not in the scripture lesson from the book of Revelation, we see again that the book of life and those names who are printed in it are clearly the jurisdiction of the Lamb of God and not us. We just oversee the church membership roles, which is not the same thing as the book of life, though sometimes we think it is. Back in Columbia, Tennessee, unlike in the New Jerusalem, there is a church on every corner, and every church has its own membership role. You can't go anywhere in Columbia, Tennessee without bumping into a church. And when I first started as a pastor in Columbia, Tennessee, when I was, when I was getting the lay of the land, I wanted to walk down the sidewalk to meet the nearby pastor at the west West 7th Street Church of Christ. It was just down the street from First Presbyterian Church where I was the pastor, so we were neighbors. Only before I could get down there to meet the pastor at the West 7th Street Church of Christ, someone said to me, but Joe, you better not go down there to meet that man. He, he and everyone else in his church are sure that all the members of First Presbyterian Church are going straight to hell. Oh, really? I asked they do. We have instruments at First Presbyterian Church. We have women pastors. They don't like that, and so they think that we're all going to hell. And I thought that this was a strange thing to say, and I wanted to know more. Maybe I was a little scared that they were right about all of this. So I went and I asked the, the county historian, a, a knowledgeable man and a good Presbyterian, I said, Bob, is it true what they say that the folks at West 7th Street Church of Christ think that all of us here at First Presbyterian Church are going to hell? And Bob said, not only do they think that we are going to hell, but the folks at West 7th Street Church of Christ are sure that the folks at Graymere Church of Christ are going to hell because they have an electronic marquee out in front of their church by the road. And the folks at Graymere are sure that the folks at Highland Park Church of Christ are going to hell because they put their kids in public school. And all of them are sure that the folks at Murray Hills Church of Christ are going to hell because they use guitars at their 8.30 service on Sundays. What? Are you serious? I asked. I am, Bob said. The only place they don't judge each other is when they're in the liquor store. <laughs> they all go in there, but they can't tell anyone who they saw in the liquor store. They'd be giving themselves away. <laughs> so they're very kind to each other in the liquor store. Here on earth, we've erected all these barriers 
We draw a line between the congregation and the, the choir. We draw a line between the different churches and the different denominations. We pay attention to whose name is on which membership role. But in the New Jerusalem, there will be no membership role. There's only the book of life. There also will be no churches. Did you see that in our second scripture lesson? All the walls of the churches have come down that we all might sing one loud hallelujah to the King of Kings, but think for a moment about how from that how far from that idea we are today. This is what we read from the 21st and 22nd chapters of the book of Revelation. I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Did you hear all that? The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. All the nations doing this one thing. All the kings of all the nations using their glory to honor the king of kings rather than themselves. That sounds wonderful. For in this world that we currently live in, we can't even compromise on which words to say during the Lord's Prayer. In Tennessee, there was another old country church that I loved. They're, they were a Presbyterian church, but the, the closest church was a Methodist church. So they, they worked out a deal, these two churches. The pastor at the little Methodist church would come down to lead services at the little Presbyterian church. And by the time I got to know them, they were saying in the Presbyterian church, forgive us our trespasses instead of forgive us our debts when they prayed the Lord's Prayer. Well, that was okay, but they were excited at the idea of having a Presbyterian minister preach in that Presbyterian church. They, they, talked, me to, uh, they talked me into preaching there once a month and celebrating communion with them. I'd go and I'd, I'd do that, except for when it rained. When it rained, they didn't have church because the roof leaks so bad. Can you believe that? Well, it's true. And that leaky roof reminds me of something else that happens in the adventures of Tom Sawyer. Maybe you remember that Tom Sawyer didn't die and go on to playing a, a harp up in the clouds in Mark Twain's novel. No, he didn't reach the end of his days in the course of that book. However, a lot of people thought he had. So many feared that he had died after Tom and his friend Huckleberry Finn faked their death, that, that when Tom and Huckleberry Finn come back from this, this island that they were living on, having run away from home, the whole town was gathered in the church for Tom and Huckleberry Finn's funeral. Do you remember that? 
Well, Tom and Huck climbed up to the attic of the church and listened in on what all everyone was, was saying and found that everyone in that church only had good things to say about the two of them. They heard about how loved they, were, they both were. They heard the, the preacher talk about how maybe those two boys got up to some mischief from time to time, but they were good boys. That's how the town thought of them. And surely, while Huck's name wasn't written on any church membership rolls, his name was written in the book of life. Can you imagine what the world would be like if the church treated people that way while they were living can you imagine what it would be like if we all went out into this world loving our neighbors the way we know that God loves them? It happened this way to a preacher I once heard about. He was traveling for a conference and he went into a, a diner late at night. It was a diner on the wrong side of town. That didn't matter to him. He was hungry. He sat down at the diner and he ordered a slice of apple pie and a cup of coffee. While he was there, a group of women sat down in a booth nearby. They were dressed as those women who make their living on the wrong side of town late at night, often dressed. And as they talked, this preacher learned that the next day was one's birthday. Well, they got up and left, and the preacher asked the owner of the diner if those ladies come in to the diner at this time of night often. Well, the owner said that they did. Would they come in tomorrow night? The owner of the diner said that they would. Would it be okay if I brought a birthday cake, the preacher asked. The owner said that would be fine. And that he would be glad to put up some streamers and things. So the plan came together. The next night, the preacher brought in the birthday cake. The group of ladies came in. Everyone sang happy birthday. The birthday girl looked at the cake and she said, I've never had one of these before. And the owner, so moved by the whole thing, he looked at the preacher and he said, Who are you anyway? The preacher said, Well, I'm a preacher at a church. The owner asked. Yes, at a church, the preacher said. What kind of a church is it? The owner asked. The kind of church that celebrates all God's children, even the ones whose name isn't written down on the membership roll. The owner of the diner said, well, I don't believe it. There's no such thing as a church like that. If there was, I would go, but I don't believe it exists. My friends, it is when we take what we have in here out into the world that we so truly live as Christ's disciples. There is no church in the new Jerusalem. There is no sun either for the light of hope and the light of God's love shines all over the place. And we, as the first fruits of that new creation, are charged to live as though it had already come.
This summer, as you go on your vacation, as you walk around your neighborhood, I charge you to call on your friends and uh, to live around Cobb County proclaiming the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Proclaiming the truth that the day is coming when the names on church rolls won't matter. That the day is coming when God's love will shine brighter than the noonday sun. That the day is coming when all God's children will know his love. So I ask you, if you're willing to stand and to be commissioned as his disciples out in the world, will you stand today? For my friends, God has called us to particular service. Show your purpose by answering these questions. Is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? If so, say he is. Will you be Christ's faithful disciple, obeying his word and showing his love? If so, say, I will with God's help. I will. Do you welcome the responsibility of this service? Because you are determined to follow the Lord Jesus, to love your neighbor and to work for the reconciliation of the world? If so, say, I do. I do. Will you serve the people with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love, relying on God's mercy and rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit? If so, say, I will with God's help. And let us pray. Faithful God, in baptism you claimed us, and by your Holy Spirit you are working in our lives, empowering us to live a life worthy of our calling. We thank you for leading us to this time and this place. Establish us in your truth. Guide us by the power of the Holy Spirit that in our service we may grow in faith, hope, and love and be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia, or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.